Hello, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Steven Seda. And we hate movies. Welcome to We Hate Movies. Thank you for tuning in, as always. If you are new to the program, joining us for the first time, one, welcome. Two, you're catching us in the third week of our Stay Tuned Month. A little bit of backstory on this. If we have mentioned a film over the show's history that we think, oh, hey, that would actually probably make a pretty good episode, we say something to the effect of, well, stay tuned for that episode. So this month we're putting our money where our mouth is uh, and doing all these promised episodes. Well, some of these promised episodes. It's 130-some-odd episodes. There's a lot of broken promises here. (laughs) That's the original name of the podcast, Broken Promises. (laughs) Broken Promises, Broken Dreams. Uh, This episode is on China O'Brien from 1990, directed by a fella named Robert Klaus. We first mentioned this way back, if anyone guessed it, episode three, when we did a film called The Pack that was also directed by this fella. I directed Enter the Dragon, tons of martial Jim arts Kata. movies. Jim Cotta, of course, yes. Uh, Jim Cotta, episode... Eh, go find that one. <laughs> That's a good one, too. Uh, so Robert Klaus back in the seat for the third time. This movie is white gal karate. <laughs> we call him gal. Why not? She's a gal. She's a gal. Yeah, she's a gal. My gal karate. <laughs> <laughs> uh, basic premise of the movie is if you've seen the film Walking Tall, it's that movie minus Joe Don Baker and add in this uh, this this martial arts expert. Yeah, yes. So there's some actual fighting, some choreography instead of the the I'm. I'm going to hit you with with a with something that's sort of like a bat, and then I'm going to fall into you and wrestle you on the ground. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't hit anybody with like a broken off piece of wood. She uh, she uses martial arts. Yeah, and it's uh, Cynthia Rothrock is her name. That name kicks ass. It kicks ass, and it's such a Flintstone name. It's such a <laughs> let's go see the new Cynthia Rothrock movie, Bon. Oh, Bon, that Cynthia Rothrock thinks she's so great. Turned me down in high school, and now she's on the big screen. I like Betty Grable. <laughs> no, that's she's sure thing. good Betty Gravel. <laughs> Betty Gravel, fuck. Yeah, come on. It was now right I'm just going to get all sorts of internet hatred Oh, Steve, you couldn't even think about Betty Gravel. It was right in front of your face, idiot. <laughs> Boy, she's sure good at karate. Karate? Karate. Karate. Okay. God, Eric, it was right in front of your face. Karate. <laughs> just to be Sorry, I, I, just, it's, I got a bunch of pebbles in my mouth. <laughs> oh, wait, wait, wait. That's a baby. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, she is uh, – uh, we start off, she's a karate instructor. Slash police officer. Slash police officer. That's very important. She <laughs> she enforces the law, and on the side, she teaches karate at a dojo. Well, you think this is the beginning of a, of a movie. Here's that's like, this movie. Yeah, you're just in a dojo, and, like, we're learning how to fight people. And you're like, okay, it's an inner-city dojo. Maybe that's the whole point. All I know about this movie is it's called China O'Brien, so it's just the exploits of – China O'Brien. The titular China O'Brien, yeah. And this the sequence lasts four minutes, and then we're in Walking Tall. It's like a weird, like, I don't know, mini-movie before anything happens. Well, she's, she's the mini-movie is she's a 
terrible instructor. She's a real <laughs> jerk. She's the one. She's, she's the type of teacher that's like, I'm not going to really encourage you or anything. I'm just going to yell at you mm. and deg- degrade you and dehumanize you and call you. <laughs> call you a termite which is this is like lower than a bug it's like not only are you a bug but you destroy wood (laughs) and termite is like you know what i fucking had it i'm gonna challenge my karate instructor see how tough she is challenge her to a fight with five bloods in an alley (laughs) that seems a bit excessive right well because she says like you know listen it's not about the fighting and this is always the case with the good guy martial artists right Mm -hmm. like it is not about the fighting this is you know an art form the other stuff you have to do that like if it comes to you but that's not what we're here for this guy's like i want to fucking fight somebody martial artists it usually does come for them somehow, right? I mean, like, it's always coming it, to you. Yeah, they're they're like, oh, this is a Zen thing. But if I have to kick ass, oh, I, oh, I, I'm kicking ass now. <laughs> oh, whoa, oh, oh, I'm kicking ass. You just start wearing like extra puffy jackets to hope to bump into people. <laughs> yes, <Yeah. laughs> like you know, ever since you started doing karate, your jackets are getting bigger and bigger. You touch my fucking jacket. <laughs> Wear this goose down jacket. It's May. <laughs> Well, no, what's great, too, is the dude, Termite, is like, uh, he's like, you know, this is bullshit. Like, how, what am I going to do with this up against the bloods? And she's like, well, you know, it's an art form. And he goes, all right, how about this? Meet me and five dudes behind the alley tonight at seven o'clock. And then she's just like, yeah, all right, that's fine. I'll do that. Oh, you think you're better than me at karate, huh? How about you get raped behind an alley with five of my friends? <laughs> They'll like, see who's good at karate. I just don't understand what this challenge is. Like, why don't you bring your friends into the dojo and I'll take you all on? Like, the alley portion of it makes it a little bit dangerous. And this is also a little confusing because I'm not even—they're not—they're not his friends, right? Because because this power mullet comes around the corner and just fucking lays to waste to termite a little because bit. Because it's the third act of China O'Brien zero point five. Right? Yeah. There's a little bit of a miscommunication <laughs> in which part of the movie we're watching, and yeah, it's not termites, <laughs> buddies, cockroach, and you know, green praying mantis and the fly. It's not those guys. It's just a bunch of mulleted, mustachioed white professional wrestlers, like drug dealers. Like you're not selling drugs anymore. I'm like, what the fuck am I watching? <laughs> Like, just give me any context. And they beat the living piss out of this guy in two seconds. But China O'Brien has already shown up. And she's like, uh, hi, I'm here for the street hustle. <laughs> and she starts kicking ass and, uh, you know, laying waste to all these dudes and whatnot. She's got this line, which is it happens twice in this movie. And I was like, is she supposed to be a psychic? Because she's standing there and she's like, oh, yeah, he's here. I can I can feel him. Right, yeah, what yeah. What the fuck are you talking? What are you, a mystic? Well, you sh- some people have a better connection to the... You got that shine on you, Doc. <laughs> you know, you can just tell that there's someone watching. You know, like when you're... Oh, it's Shina O'Brien. <laughs> <laughs> but you know when you're, sli- you're, you're sleeping in your room at night and you wake <laughs> up and you've got that intense feeling that a- something's watching you? Like yeah. It's there. there you know that there's a ghost in the room. <laughs> So, right. you know, maybe she walks into an alley and uh, she knows that there is a a blood or a ghost in the alley. <laughs> There's a hilarious shot when she, like, turns the corner and she spies, like, a pair of boots hanging out. And she's like, oh, I got him. And she kicks the boots. And they're boots that are, like, perfectly lined up like a person standing in them. And they're just empty boots that she kicks across the alley. And I'm like... 
what hobo or person getting rid of these is like, all right, I'm going to line these up perfectly so it looks like someone's standing in the shadows? Or is that how gangs get you? You know, they're like a little distraction. <laughs> get the drop on you? Yeah. Oh, that might the, be. Put the boots up. And the other two bloods you didn't know were there start to eat you. <laughs> or, or maybe it's the origin of the Foot Clan. <laughs> this is where they got their name. Man, that would be awesome. Cynthia Rothrock as April O'Neil. Oh, that Whoa. would have been perfect. She starts kicking the Although shit. Although April O'Neil wasn't uh, an ass kicker. No, exactly. Yeah, she would turn that shit around. Intentionally, she's supposed to be useless. But <laughs> the twist is in this version, April O'Neil is amazing, and the turtles are a bunch of asshole losers that don't do do anything. You Come know, on, just... you wise cracking mutants. Shouldn't you be good at something? <laughs> All the pizza catches up. They're just a bunch of fat guys, fat guy turtles, and a fucking. <laughs> That's what I want this Michael Bay movie to be. Just a bunch of fat old turtles. It'd be great. They're just trolls on the internet. Like, <laughs> man, I got a lot to say about Captain America Winter Soldier. <laughs> type, 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 type pizza. What's very surprising if you don't know what this movie's about when you're watching it for the first time is... She just whips out this pistol at one point because this dude like brings out a gun and she whips out this thing. And I'm like, oh, wait, it's this kind of a movie. That's cool. Because Termite now is about to get his head blown off. And she she pulls out a gun out of nowhere and just blasts this guy away. You're like, are, are you a cop? Are you just do all dojo masters have guns? I don't get. Yeah, <laughs> I don't get why she's carrying this, because one. If you're such a good karate fighter, why are you bringing a gun to a karate fight? Just bring your feet and your hands. Well, I guess because she is, you know, also a police officer. So I guess it's, you know, mandated by the state. Right. Exactly. But you don't know, you know, right away in this right. movie that she's a cop. And so, she's off duty, right? Right. Yeah, so. she's totally off duty. So this, the sidekick is standing there and this gun just comes out of the shadows with no real hand attached to it even. And shoots, uh, goes to you know shoot this guy, but she fires and drops him, and they're like, "Oh wow, thanks, China." And then she looks, and she's totally pulled an Al Powell. Uh, I killed a kid. I I killed a kid. It's the most relaxed admission of killing a child in cinema <laughs> history. Reginald Vell Johnson in the first Die Hard. Well, it's the in the middle of good good natured ribbing. He's like, oh, "Would you eat too many Twinkies, Alex?" <laughs> No, I killed a kid. Bruce Willis is like, ah, <laughs> oh, sorry. Dipped in that one. Oh, no, it's all right. He had a ray gun. <laughs> well, this guy did not have a ray gun, but she drops him anyway. And then also, just as fast as this dude gets dropped, this part of the movie gets dropped because she's just on the road to her Utah small town. Well, here's kind of a little bullshitty stuff here is... The chief of police is like, yeah, you look, you did kill a kid, but um, why don't you stay in the force as long as you want? <laughs> uh, do whatever you want. He's giving her a real, like, these things happen. What are you going to yeah. do? Well, Just I mean, kill look, you're going to get challenged in a dojo, have to go into a dark alley, and if you wind up killing a kid, you wind up killing a kid. And it was in the inner city. It's 1990, and he is not, you know... <laughs> So it's okay. Hey, Abon, I don't like the politics of this Cynthia Rock Rock movie. <laughs> China O'Brien Rock. <laughs> or would it would be China O'Blarney Stone, maybe? That would work. Yeah. Then she'd have to be really super Irish, though. Yeah. 
Uh, Get back to serving me, though, dinosaur. <laughs> dinosaur movie usher. <laughs> Man, what that, they just take them for a slave race. They do, and they they they. <laughs> The dinosaurs can speak. They have feelings. They have. They're always like, "It's a living." I don't care. Come here. You're gonna be a vacuum now. <laughs> Suck my floor. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They always say it's a living, but I never fucking see dinosaur payday on that. Show. Oh no, no, it's no, a no, living no. because if they're not doing that, they're getting murdered. Yeah, it's a deadening if you're not. <laughs> that's for damn sure. The Flintstones world is a brutal world. Oh, well, it's yeah. a prehistoric age. A brutal cold world the Flintstones lived in. And just fucking he's eating that big brontosaurus burger like, you're next <laughs> garbage disposal. He's showing his power, you know, like I just ate a giant. <laughs> if I can eat a giant, I can eat you, bird horn that tells me to go home from work. <laughs> so she quits the forest and moves back to Utah. She, she hops in her fucking 1984 Mercedes and pops on <laughs> some Ellen Amos. Explain this to the audience, Steve. Apparently, that's one of the, the few things anyone knows about this movie. It's like Tori Amos's first recorded song or something like that. And she did it under her, her birth name, her God-given name, Tori Amos. You were born Ellen Amos. <laughs> <laughs> so it's actually kind of like a badass song. So here's a little bit of this. In a life. That's some road music. It's woman brooding, and I'm I'm, I'm into it. It's like, a great scene, and you get a nice view of the you know 1990 countryside, and it's a really great. I'm leaving one life behind forever and starting a new version of my former life. Kind of a song, you know so, what I mean? Here's a question about Utah: Was she in Salt Lake City then? What was? Where was uh, her, her, her big yeah, city living? They keep, see, they, yeah, they keep saying big city this and big city oh, that. Oh, I just assumed it was Los Angeles. I, yeah. I mean, I did too. But then, I, then you know, I figured she's going to this podunk town way up in, in Utah. Well, I figured is it, it was out uh, of state. Is it, is it legal to teach karate in Utah? <laughs> oh, you know what? I bet the Might church Might have some crazy fucking Mormon laws about teaching Asian arts to people. Yeah, or drinking... Pepsi. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I have no idea what those people do. They can't have caffeine. That's a thing. Oh, boy. That was a, that was an informed joke you just made. <laughs> okay, good. We so, could have had a president that wouldn't have drank an ice cold, delicious American Pepsi. By the way, dodge <laughs> that fucking bullet. So it's pre cell phone. So instead of like calling her dad, she has to go to places she thinks he might be. Like yeah, she said, well, the first ten minutes is her driving town to town. Hey, so is my dad here? <laughs> Talk about prehistory, by the way. And the first stops, you know, she goes to the sheriff's office because her dad's the sheriff of this small town. And there's the creepiest looking deputy I've ever seen. There's this. This swarthy mustache and this and, and the attitude, I don't appreciate it. He's either. just all around greasy. Like it's just... disgusting. This man, <laughs> I mean, I'm sure if he's still alive today, I'm sure, you know, this is just the character. You know, there's not necessarily non actors in this movie, it's just bad actors. But 
this dude looks disgusting. He looks absolutely filthy and wretched, and he works in the police station. Instant cue that this guy's crooked. Yep. No self-respecting officer of the law looks this fucking scuzzy. It's just he looks like a fucking like a carny. Like you put you yes. put a this carny dude in a should, fucking... This dude should be operating a Ferris wheel. Yeah, he should be talking surly to a kid about a token or something. <laughs> <laughs> the best thing about this this movie's directed terribly when you, when she walks to the police station there's this humongous beam in the center of the frame and she's on one of and and he's on the other and they're having this conversation like fucking find a better way to do this shot just you know what let's rearrange some furniture just, you know in this church basement where we're filming this as a police station or whatever the fuck it is we're, we're trying to introduce this character it's not fucking Pete campbell's office like come on let's find <laughs> a way around this when she pulls into town, though, there is a great instant where uh, she goes to this gas station and there's just like this shirtless hunk pumping gas. It's a moment that has nothing to do with anything in this movie. She pulls over to get gas and this dude's just like, hey, <laughs> pump. <laughs> well, the good thing about this movie, the interesting thing about this movie, obviously, is it's a... It's an action movie with a woman star, which is, there's very, very few of them. So instead of a bunch of babes, you get a bunch of good hunks. And it's a, it's a good hunk time. Chock full of beefcakes. It is yeah. chock full of beefcakes. Listen, cake. the hunk factor in this movie is pretty through the roof. Until you start getting to these fucking sleazy, you know, mountain folk corrupt, <laughs> you know, slime balls. But... Which is her third and final stop on her little tour. She has a, a detour to her ex-boyfriend, who's this small-town Australian friend. Now, uh, here's the thing. This dude, this actor, he's a, a killer martial artist, okay? When he starts, like, going off on these fucking rednecks, it's awesome. He's really fast, like, skilled dude. I was reading up on him, like, he was a stuntman, too. I'm clearly, sure he you know. His name was Richard Norton. Yes. And he was the uh, one of the bad guys in Jim Cutter. Which one was he? The he Kevin was, Sorbo motherfucker. The oh. He was the guy trying to, like, take over. He got, he got the, he tried to get the princess's daughter. Yeah. I gotta go back and watch that. I think I saw, by the way, not to get off track, but I think Jim Cotta is out on Blu-ray. Oh, man. Are that's, you serious? Yeah. Christmas. That's, that's a sick get. Yeah, Christmas is coming. Uh, what was is a week away, too. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. So he's, uh, he's really sick at what he does. Just make him a foreign exchange student yeah. that never left or something. You can't just have this dude who is clearly Australian, fucking born and bred Salt Lake City. Hey, Charter, remember we grew up together? Talk to you later. <laughs> oh, he, I love being an American. He was in, apparently his backstory is like, oh, you know, he was a troublesome youth, but uh, once he left and joined the special forces, he signed up for that. And then he came back and became a small town school teacher here. Oh, wait, oh, I got it. I think I got it. Okay, so he was in the special forces, right? Maybe he lied about his age to get into the service. So he's much younger when he left. Got stationed in Australia, okay? He was still young enough that, like, if you stay in a place long enough, you know, your accent can change. Just adopts this Australian accent. Do, do, do goes have, back to Utah, right? Do we have bases there? Or is it like, or maybe it was like a soldier exchange program. <laughs> maybe he was working at an embassy. 
Okay. We yeah. got an embassy down there. Yeah, but do we have? I don't do special forces guard embassies. I don't think so, Benghazi. <laughs> if they did, they weren't in Libya that day. I will tell you what. False flag. I'm gonna call a false flag on this episode. You're bringing up Benghazi. They also hint at uh, a past at one point. Like they totally dated at one point. Well, yeah, her great. father's like, well, I guess he was just too small town for you, China. What? Is Sydney a small fucking town? Like, he's Australian. <laughs> yeah, this dude comes from, like, what I perceive to be a pretty rocking part of the world, okay? I've never <laughs> been to Australia yet, but this dude is from a way better place than fucking Utah. No offense, Utah, but come on. Oh. Sydney v. Utah. Yeah, we're going to get letters. <laughs> You're uh, going to get letters. <laughs> so she goes to uh, some... We cut into some dirtbag bar, and there's just... <laughs> oh, I got the name, and it needs to be addressed. Oh, please. Beaver Creek Inn. <laughs> yeah, it's the Beaver Creek Inn. Or is it the Beaver Creek Lodge? I have Beaver Creek Inn. I think, yeah, I think you're right. This is like... This is the hotbed of, you know, it's a wretched hive of scum and villainy, man. It's the fucking lowest of the low. I gotta say the first line, because we cut to I, this... Yeah, yeah, please oh. do. No, no, you can go for it. I'll cut your heart out, Sheriff. <laughs> No, it's. I'm sorry. It's your pop. That pop gun ain't gonna do no. Ain't gonna keep me from cutting your heart out with this bottle. He's got a bottle, a broken bottle. <laughs> yeah, it is an impeccably broken bottle. By the way, it's clearly like made for the movie. Broken. There's no way you can break this bottle and have it look the way this bottle looks. But we're led to believe the sheriff of the small town went to this small town bar and was like, "Oh, I'm good." Sorry, Danny. I'm going to need to speak to you. I'm just assuming his name here. Yeah, sure. And then he breaks a bottle and wants to cut his heart out. <laughs> like he breaks a bottle. The cop pulls his gun. Sure, because that, that's a that's a lethal that weapon. Pop gun ain't going to stop me from cutting your heart out. And now that's when we come into the scene. Well, you know what? Because here's the that's thing. Good writing, by the way. You want you want to come in the middle of the action, which is a hillbilly threatening to cut the sheriff's heart out for seemingly no reason. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Right? Uh, this guy is so hepped up on Mountain Man PCP. And, and Mountain Dew. He's probably right. Yeah. Yeah. Domino's Pizza, Chicken Wings, Mountain Dew, and a whole mess of Mountain Man PCP. That <laughs> sheriff ain't taking that guy anywhere. Sounds like a mountain Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. <laughs> and, and this is clearly when you see that this is just walking tall because it's. The whole town is in this bar, and they're all giving this sheriff shit they're about it. They're laughing at him. Just laughing in this old man's face. Old man O'Brien. And then they're laughing at the idea of arresting him like it's such a fool's endeavor. And like the scumbag manager of the bar says something like, oh, he'll fart his way out of jail. <laughs> I would love to see that. He just like farts and it blasts the jail doors open. <laughs> Isn't that a Howard Stern character, Fart Man? Uh, yeah. I think that's actually how The Rapture ended. <laughs> Somebody farted. <laughs> that movie we watched. Somebody episode. farted and the door to the prison blew off? Yeah, that's what that's what they say. When Jesus comes back, the uh, prisons fall apart. And a huge fart noise rings out <laughs> over his mighty kingdom. Look upon his works and tremble. <laughs> That's that's awesome. I would like to apologize to God <laughs> and it's Utah. Too late. It's definitely too late for that. And Joseph Smith while we're at it. <laughs> Don't want to make enemies. Polish your magic glasses, Joseph. 
yeah, so this is a crooked town, and this dude gets taken in. And we don't really know what for, but he's just getting arrested. And she finally meets up with her old man, like, at the prison. Like, she goes back or something. She's booking this big, heavy dude, and he's like, I'll fucking kill you, Sheriff. God damn it, I'll kill your fucking whole family. And it's like, hey, Dad. And it's like, your dad is busy right now, Rothrock. What's great, though, is he's like, oh, it's my little girl. Like, she she knocks on the door, and the She's deputy, 40 years old, first of all. Yeah, and the deputy, like, sees her, and she's like, shh, 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 shh. And he opens the door, like, oh, you're going to surprise him. And he comes in, and she's like, she like hugs him from behind, and I'm like, "This man is trying to book this impossible individual." <laughs> if you even knew what this guy threatened to do well, to him a few minutes ago, I think her point of view is like, "Well, I'm China, so if anything bad happens, to, well, you know, while you know, I can easily get out of I'll, the situation. Yeah, I'll do like a flip, and everyone will be kicked in the face instantly." And everything's good, you know? Nothing's going to harm my old man. But it's not like her old man works at a video store. You could surprise your dad when he works at a video store. Not when he's fucking booking, you know, the big show. Honey, get out of here. I'm trying to stack the action comedies. It's very dangerous. Hi, Dad. Hey. (laughs) Thought I could see you at Blockbuster. At this point of the movie, I literally said, I wrote down, I can't write down all of these lines because there's just so many, like, everything's so stilted and awkward. It's like that perfect bad movie cadence where, like, and uh, Cynthia Rothrock is an amazing martial artist. She's an awful actress. Everyone in this movie, like, there's a dinner scene that just goes nowhere. Oh, it certainly goes nowhere. And he's got his, like, the second wife who's just, like, stares into the camera blankly, like, I think I hear a telephone. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking of these bad lines, by the way, before she meets up with the dad, she goes to the shitbag oh, bar yeah. like she just misses him. Again, because she doesn't have a cell phone he, where he might be. By the way, it's 1990. Didn't we have pagers? No. Oh, pagers? Maybe. We had telephones to be I, like, hey, I'll meet you at this location at this particular time. Listen, if you're leaving your life behind and moving home, how about you fucking call somebody? Yeah, and I think pagers... I think that surged more in the mid-90s for regular folk, right? Right. Yeah, Back then, true. it was probably only just doctors and drug dealers. <laughs> well, so she gets to this bar, and uh, they're like, oh, you just missed her, missed him, whatever. And this woman's like a waitress, and she comes out, and she's like, well, my stars, if it is in China, O'Brien. And like they went to high school together, all this shit. And these dudes in the bar, like, she starts being shitty, this woman, and she's just like, oh, I think you're so good in the big city, too good for this small town, blah, blah, blah. Well, she goes, I wasn't being patronizing. And then she goes, ooh, patronizing. Yeah. I mean, that's not even a $5 word. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, your big city fancy pants words. Yeah. She knows what patronizing and is. And then she escalates this situation to an extreme degree because now she, like, wants China's blood. And she's like, <laughs> I'm going to show these guys your ass. And she starts. She wants to like rip off her clothes to yeah, feed her to, to the wolves. Get a little something there, and then these dudes all come in like. <laughs> yeah, one guy's like, "I was promised a show. <laughs> I just heard there'll be ass." But then the greatest line in this scene comes when like these dudes try stuff, and she beats the shit out of them like right away. And this guy proclaims, "Oh, she's one of them chop suey fighters!" <laughs> like, come on, come. 
Come on. You know what karate is. Just call it karate. The karate kid had been out. You, you've <laughs> seen that movie. You probably loved that movie. As well you I should. hated it because my church has says that no chop suey shall land on these shores. <laughs> no karate fighting for me. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You know, my 20s, while being a lot of fun, a lot of the time, were pretty rough. I wasn't exactly rolling in dough. I lived at home until I was about 25. And for most of it, I didn't have this show or you lovely people in my life. I just kind of drifted around without direction. I didn't know where to voice that. Then I started to get my crap together one piece at a time. And the last piece, which didn't come until my early 30s, was therapy. And man, I wish it came along sooner. Ever since I started sitting down as a licensed therapist, I've had a place to voice my insecurities and try to fashion plans to help me achieve my goals. So that's why I'm thrilled we're sponsored by BetterHelp. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be flexible, convenient, and suited to meet your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and the good thing is you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash WHM today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash WHM. This episode's brought to you in part by Rocket Money, and they have this question for you. They handed to me just now, Mr. Rocket just handed me this. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they pay around $80 a month on subscription services, but the actual total is closer to $200. If you don't know exactly how much you're spending every month, you need Rocket Money. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. And with Rocket Money, you can lower those bills without resorting to having bean dinners every day of the week. You know, you have those bean dinners to try to save some few bucks. But if you were monitoring your spending with Rocket Money, you didn't necessarily need to eat every bean dinner. So find out what all the fuss is about. You know, over 80% of people have subscriptions they forgot about, like the Stars app. Don't get me started. You don't have to go through all the back end of the website anymore. You don't have to call customer service. Rocket Money helps you manage all your finances in one place as well and categorizes everything. It's easy to keep track of a whole budget. Even I can do it and I got rocks in my head. So find out what 3 million people have already done. They've taken the rocket, folks. Stop throwing the money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash WHM. That is rocketmoney.com slash WHM. Once more, rocketmoney.com slash WHM, which stands for We Hate Movies. The dad also makes a shitty line when he calls this second wife and goes, uh, guess who's coming to dinner? Yeah. Fucking shut up. Just bring Is it home. a black guy? <laughs> Not in that town. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> what, do you, what do you want to get us ostracized? And, I mean, this is when we we, we really start at the shifty... Sheriff, sheriff deputy is like, oh, that's that's interesting, and like he's like writing everything down. Lichtner, Littner, yeah, yeah Lichtner. He's just, it's just, and I mean, well, 
It's a bad mustache, which, by the way, comes and goes throughout this movie. If you're watching, oh, I didn't notice. Yeah, it's just it's it's co- like I don't know why he had to shave it. Maybe he had another like a full time job interview while he was doing this role. Like I don't know, this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> he goes up to the director. He's like, oh, "I'm terribly sorry. I have to go into town for a, an audition. Uh, do you mind if I shave my mustache or at least trim it a little? No one's going to notice. What is this movie called?" China or something? Yeah, it should be fine. His big audition was applying to be a bank teller in some Utah town. <laughs> he, he knows there's no point in hitching a ride back to L.A. Well, you know, Lickner, uh, we'd certainly hire you here at the bank, but that mustache is just going to have to go. <laughs> what would Joseph Smith say about it? <laughs> he, he'd be against it. I'm sure he'd be fine with mustaches. He'd be he'd be against it. But he's just got this reptilian skin. I mean, this is a reptilian skin. He does. It's grotesque. It's oozing shit. I'm sorry. Yeah. He's, he's a really gross looking dude in this movie. And again, you know, I'm sure he cleans up just fine. <laughs> in this movie, he's one of the most disgusting human beings I've ever seen in it my life. It just makes you hot to look at him. You know, like, oh, God. Somebody open a fucking window when I'm watching this movie. <laughs> it's like, does my TV come with smell-o-vision? <laughs> what is happening? Is that dude that repugnant? It's being a really scummy move by this guy. He, they're at di- he's, he goes to dinner at Summer's house. Like the, um, the- Summer's is the legitimate businessman in with everybody. Crooked as all hell. might not be as legitimate as he portrays himself. Oh. Yeah, you'll have to watch and find out. <laughs> so they're, they're, they're having you know, a little meal at this, this, uh, this house. Budweiser all over the place. And it's like movie. they start talking about how, like, oh, like, the, like the WD like hears these noises upstairs. Like, there's this. It's like, oh no, we just got a new piece of ass in town. So it's just a woman tied to a bed, being beaten and uh, presumably raped. No, most definitely raped. Like there is sex slavery presumably. in China O'Brien, and it know. goes nowhere. You think that's the movie? It's like, oh, cool. That, that's actually not cool, but like. It's a, it's about a woman martial artist. Maybe she's going to save all these other women from sex slavery. That's empowering. Hopefully, there's a whole basement full of these. Yeah, they, you know, you just you know break them free and you know beat the shit out of. No, it just kind of just fizzles it's right just out. It's just this one woman, and I'm like, okay, so sex slavery. All right, yeah, there's, there's there's a sex slave in this movie. He's got a little mustachio smile at the idea of it. And then they go back on to eating their food. What's funny is the other dudes like don't even really bring it up. They're like, you know what, Summers, we're cool with you know putting the putting the judge in our pocket and running coke through the town, maybe some some arms dealing and whatnot. But you know what? Don't talk about your sex slave in front of us, okay, Summers? Is that all right with you? Keep what it, whatever it is you do in the bedroom, you know? That, that's just, I don't want to know about it. It's not my business. And we, you know, this is establishing how, how bad this guy is. And there's like, his like accountant or something is like embezzling funds or some such thing is not going right. And and the, oh, that's just, the conversation that they're having, right? Like yeah. this is where they move it to a new room, and then they just like kill this guy. Yeah. Right? Oh yeah, they, 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 they kill this guy. They kill everybody <laughs> in this movie. They fucking pretty quickly kill China O'Brien's pop. There, I mean, you're 
what's what breaks the camel's back here is this this timber mill, this lumber yard that they're working in here. So this Walking dude, tall, anyone? Yeah, yeah, speaking of lumber, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, his fucking father owns a lumber yard in that movie. Yeah. So this dude comes up and he's like, "Hey, sheriff, here's the deal, man." <laughs> Summers is fucking cutting down my trees that I've clearly marked and stealing my lumber. Like, can you please go take care of this guy? So the sheriff goes up with China and the Australian guy in tow. Just or, because. Or is the Australian guy No, with this them? is when we meet Dakota. Dakota. Oh, right, yeah. Because there's, there's a, a mysterious Native American guy following them. On a fucking dirt bike, and he's got a mangled hand for some reason. We'll, we'll find that out later. So they go up to this lumber yard, and the sheriff's like, uh, all right, hey, Summers, is that your marking on this tree? And the guy's like, no, it's my marking. And, you know, Summers is like, yeah, it'd probably be best if you just got the fuck out of here, sheriff. How about that shit? <laughs> and they kind of just get into a big old karate fight. But it's amazing because the guys in this lumber yard, they clearly do not care if they take the sheriff's life, China nope. O'Brien's life, whatever. There's chainsaws that are involved, fucking automatic weapons. You work at a lumberyard. Why are you keeping all this stuff around? I mean, a chainsaw, I understand, obviously. And again, yeah, like you, there's a difference between a lumber beef and a murdering a cop beef. And I'd be like, you know what? Just put, take me in for the lumber, pal. Now, how much is this lumber that it's worth disposing of? Three corpses. But see, that is the hubris of Summers, right? He's gotten so corrupt to the point now where even just petty shit like cutting down another guy's tree, fuck it. It's worth killing the law over. One great little side nothing character in this is this crazed hippie type of guy. That's the dude with the automatic weapon. Yes, with the he comes out there with the uh you know the assault rifle. <laughs> he looks like Tommy Chong on a bad day. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous it, oh man but you know nothing much comes of it because i guess i think dakota dakota steps in it. and starts karateing this fella and you're like oh all right well here's like a third person in here that knows karate in this movie i guess that means eventually at some point china the australian guy and this dude are gonna, gonna become some sort of team i'll keep my fingers crossed for that hopefully that happens and when the sheriff got there he actually introduced china as his daughter I think you know you you they know it's the they know it's the sheriff's daughter and they're taking a chainsaw to her. They, they don't give a fuck. They and don't care. Why would they? Because when the, everybody gets arrested finally, because you know China wins the day, they go up in front of the the the, the crooked judge. And the crooked judge is just like. You know what, Sheriff? You didn't. You, you had no right going into this man's property. You're abusing your authority, and you, little girl, she's like, I'm 41 years old. Like, I'm, 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 I'm you're a grown woman. You're abusing your authority by investigating potential crimes. Yeah, yeah. Someone complained something to you. You investigated it. And you're abusing your power. And activist judges, am I right? This is also kind of a scene straight out of Walking Tall, yep. though, because when Joe Don Baker goes up to the, the uh, uh, moonshine distillery, like up in the woods, and arrests all those dudes, and everybody's like pumping their fists like, we fucking did it, we got all these bootleggers, and then the judge is like, you didn't have a warrant, Joe Don Baker, you clearly don't understand how the law works, mm -hmm. like, I'm letting all... It's the same fucking scene. It is, yeah, it's the same movie. And so the judge is like, you know, obviously some is my best bud and barbecue pal like you're free to go and everything like that and so you know the team is a little a little let down you know china yeah. is embarrassed for her father her father's embarrassed 
that you know his daughters come home and this is the state that the town is in now. Well, he kind of really you finally it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back. Where he's like, you know, I guess I should finally go to the FBI with this entire town being crooked. But correct, he says, you know, listen, this, this is embarrassing. It's clearly out of my hands at this point. I have a connection with the FBI up in the Salt Lake City office. I'm going to drive up there in the morning. Going to tell them what's going on. We're going to bring in the feds and fucking, you know, get this finished. And Scaly Face is listening <laughs> in, right? He's just like with all his greasy ears and backwards hairs. <laughs> like, he he oh, tells Summers about it, clearly. I've just been thinking about this whole reptilian skin thing you mentioned earlier. <laughs> now, And I'm just like, in my mind, I'm now asserting this movie into the Flintstones. <laughs> sure, of course. And all, you know, the white people are the Flintstones people. And yeah. then this guy is he's, one of the dinosaurs. He's a dinosaur. Just dinosaur trying henchman. to survive. Lickner is totally a dinosaur. What's actually kind of funny is he overhears this because he's got the office bug. Like, the sheriff's like, he says to the other guy, he's like, hey, deputy, why don't you come into my office? Not you, Lickner, you scaly-faced, pus-filled scumbag. You stay out here. <laughs> so they go in the office, and then Lickner's like, okay, I get it. And then he goes in, like, this back hallway, and there's, like, a uh, like an electricity meter, like, hanging out. And he flips it up, and it's a total, like, James Bond, like, get smart, like, phony thing. And he pulls it up, and there's this speaker, and it's connected to a bug that's in this office. And I'm like... At what point is this redneck moron like setting this thing up? This is a spy device. It's fucking lives of others type stuff. It'd be great if it got electricity day. Time to read the meter, and he just gets shot in the heart. This is <laughs> this poor electrician. Maybe he's a Soviet spy. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Oh, the man. Americans, am I right? Yeah, that's right. They walk among us, man. Yeah, you know, <laughs> especially in Utah. So they're having. This conversation with China afterwards, you know, they have a nice old dinner, you know, and uh, she's like, oh, I'm going to go visit my boyfriend, my Aussie boyfriend, who I love so much, even though we grew up in the same town and he's clearly Australian. And dad's like, oh, uh, and the mother, the, the stepmother's like, I've got a call. There is trouble. And he's, she's like, he's like, oh, I should go take care of that. So he gets in his car, big old fucking car bomb. Boom. Just done. Car bomb one of two. It's fucking awesome. It's like that scene in The Dark Knight, actually. Like, it right? is. So they take out that judge. It's a great car bomb. And the great, the, the great thing about the second car bomb is, like, he gets the call that, like, I guess there's a there's been a car bomb. <laughs> it's like you got to get down there. Like, there's there's problems, you know. And th he go he runs out to his car, and then he just blows up. Yeah, that's the deputy yeah. you're talking about. The deputy, the good deputy that we didn't really discuss. Yeah, not scaly face no. Lickner. Now he's now Lickner is in charge of the police. He force. becomes the interim sheriff. I we guess it's kind of like. If the fucking president and the vice president both die somehow, then it's like the speaker of the house is yeah. the president. Like yep. this dude Lickner's just you the know speaker they're thinking of the about house. it too right now, right? <laughs> Can we talk about the car bomb? Her, her dad's car bomb because my favorite thing that happens in this movie is her dad goes up at a, like a Christmas tree, right? And she runs out, and the mother runs out, and China has like a million times where she's like. Can I get in the car? No, I can't. And she's like running in, <laughs> then yeah. running back out. And then like, it's a lot of like, hold me back from this entirely burning car. But what's amazing is like, you know, so can't karate that shit, China. Cynthia Rothrock's like doing her best. Like, oh my God, my father is a crispy critter now and all this shit. And this stepmother is the worst actress of all time. So like, 
Rothrock is freaking out, like doing her thing. And then this woman's like, no, don't, it's hot. Don't, there's metal and gas and don't, please don't. My favorite part of the car bomb reaction though, she comes out of the house in slow motion and they have like, you know, it's a nice house the sheriff lives in. There's a little cool like wraparound front porch and stuff and some little stairs that lead down to the lawn. China O'Brien jumps off this porch and does like a, like her hands go into like the Y of YMCA and she does this like perfect like leap off the fucking porch and in slow motion it's just this like really nice like prancing jump kind of a thing like out even, of nowhere. Even as her father's corpse smolders she needs to show off her gymnastics, <laughs> her karate, it's always about China. Listen man, you don't turn that stuff off. Can't. Once you're trained, you. you're just wired differently. Yeah, she was named Cindy O'Brien before she learned all that shit, all right? It's, it's, <laughs> it's inside of her. Even though karate's Japanese. Wouldn't that be great if there was a Japan O'Brien as well? <laughs> Maybe like an enemy? Yeah, I mean, we're saying she's doing karate. Uh, she's doing a martial art of some kind. I don't know how to tell those apart. It looks pretty uh, rudimentary karate. Kung Fu's the China one. No, I know, but I'm just oh, saying. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying if if you were like, "Hey, Andrew, here's five different people doing five different martial arts. Name them." I'd just go home. Jiu-jitsu, judo. No, you have right. to match it no, with I the five. <laughs> here's five people doing well, something. Don't look at them and the just name things. Listeners don't know that we actually have five people doing something right in front of us. You guys can all go home. This this, this whole experiment failed. Get the showers. <laughs> the best part about this movie is how bad the choreography is because it's it's very slow and it's clearly fa like fast forward because like it, it's unnaturally fast. You and mean that the film is sped the, up? The, the, the yeah, the fighting is like yeah. they, they're very you know it's very clearly like they didn't have a very good choreographer, so it's like they had to do it very slow to make sure it was safe. But it, instead of like filming it s in an intelligent way, they just speed it up. Yeah, yeah, you know, it turns into Benny Hill for every time there's a little fight scene. <laughs> I thought they were. I thought they were just that fast. They were just that good. It's entirely possible. Well, I think the Australian guy is clearly faster than Cynthia Rothrock oh, so and the Dakota fella. <laughs> yeah, he's the one that's making everything move faster. <laughs> no, I think it's not even anyone's fault, but the stuntmen who are just all out of shape and not able to well, keep up with these <laughs> karate is... hunks and and babes. Yes, and this is the fundamental problem with a movie like this, right? Where like. This well-trained athletic martial artist goes into a place where it's a bunch of fucking rednecks and mountain people and whatnot, and they're just lumbering around hit, trying to hit you with a pipe or throw a fucking weight bench at you or whatever, Ooh. and you're just this person who's, like, swift and moving around. Like, when you have to get the stuntman to play the mountain man kind yeah. of guy, if you want a realistic-looking dude, you know, that guy's clearly not going to be trained in the martial arts versus a movie where it's martial artists versus other martial artists. Yeah. Then you can just have people that are going at the same speed and it's fine but when you got cynthia rothrock trying to kick some fat fuck in the balls <laughs> you know you gotta like slow down that choreography because fucking you know wendell over there ain't gonna keep up with everything else it's a fundamental problem with these kinds of fish out of water martial artist stories oh wendell <laughs> you are the fattest stunt man <laughs> side note uh on cynthia rothrock and her imdb page <laughs> 
<laughs> okay. One of her personal quotes is, I really wish I would be direct, on, it's like in parentheses, on Kenneth Branagh. That guy could direct a movie. I'd love him to direct one of my movies, but that'll never happen. <laughs> well, at least she's not delusional. <laughs> she's right where she's supposed to be. <laughs> she's just she watched a bunch of do about nothing and it's like, yeah, this is if there's some karate in this movie. You think she saw Thor and she was like, I could have fu- got that quote from all those years ago. I could have played one of the Asgardian Thor drinking buddies. God damn it, Kenneth Brown. That would have been great. If she was actually one of the drinking buddies. If if Cynthia Rothrock just showed up in a Marvel movie, that would be fucking awesome. Yeah. Cynthia Rothrock, give me more ale. More ale, Rothrock, from Asgard. Oh, Rothrock kind of sounds like Ragnarok. Yep. That There you go. That's, oh, as good. that's, that's, that's Norse And you're right. He'd just be slapping her on the tush telling her, telling her to get a beer because... Uh, let me. I don't know for sure, but let me guess. Mm. Asgard women are kind of subservient. They're, it's a misogynist society. They, no, no, there are women warriors in Asgard. Well, what year did Marvel write them in? <laughs> the 1990s. Yeah, probably. yeah. What year did they start that penance? So. Her father's dead. This other dude's dead. That also, by the way, like kind of sort of had a crush on China O'Brien. Mm-hmm. But that's just an unrequited love that she'll never know. Let's get ready for some local politics. And this is the key difference between this movie and Walking Tall. Because it's the same thing, right? Yeah. Like, oh, hey, Buford, you should run for sheriff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right. Maybe I'll do that. <laughs> you know, and, it's like, and then it's like... Cut to Joe Don Baker winning the fucking election, and that's the end of it. You see the China O'Brien fucking campaign trail and talk about taking a nap. I went up and used the bathroom for a long time, and I didn't pause it during. I was like, Whoa. oh, she's on the campaign trail. I'll be back in a minute. Well, you if you if you bothered to watch the scene, you would see O'Brien spelt a bunch of different ways in all these signs. <laughs> Because clearly nobody is keeping track of that shit. There was some trivia about this. Like, apparently one of these shots... Nah, you know, this might be just another movie legend that isn't true. Just another legend about China O'Brien? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Everybody's always talking about it. <laughs> that apparently, they, you know, to get some crowd shots of this campaign, she actually marched in, like, a real parade. And uh, apparently some real radio stations... We're announcing her candidacy for sheriff <laughs> as China O'Brien. Oh Cynthia Rothrock now, had to like withdraw yeah. from the race. Like literally, I'm just a movie star. I don't want to be. Do you think no, she the got character like the China O'Brien had to drop out of the race? <laughs> Do you think that China O'Brien won like the write-in vote? They were all like, "Oh, I don't care about Buford versus Wayne, but ch- this China O'Brien no. finally some karate in the streets. God damn it, <laughs> no. clean up those meth heads!" <laughs> I guarantee you, Wayne won in a landslide because they're like China. That's where they send the jobs. <laughs> My favorite part, and by the way, truth be told, we used it. to make socks here. <laughs> what happened to that? That should be your platform, Eric. Bring it back to socks to America. We should. <laughs> They're American socks for American feet. <laughs> I'd vote for you. That's pretty great. What a catchy little thing you got there to put on a poster. I've always wanted a giant uh, poster of my face looking all disgusting and slightly obese, like <laughs> like like Citizen Kane, yeah, yeah. but with Cisco <laughs> under it. 
Cisco O'Brien 2016. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll vote for you. Citizen Cisco. It's too <laughs> bad we just elected a mayor last week, man. We could have figured this out together. <laughs> we could have taken them all down, yeah. right? So, uh, truth be told, by the way, I did not get up and go to the bathroom. I was making a joke. One you of my favorite scenes is... The ca- on the campaign trail is they have a rally around oh, a man. bonfire. <laughs> this what? is so awesome because they have this bonfire and she gets up and she's speaking like, thank you so much. Like, you know, you guys are great for the, supporting me. The best part about this is that she's on a, she's on a, ta- uh, uh, a stage with four chairs. Who's sitting down in those chairs? <laughs> Literally no one. Well, that was for, for all the prestigious town guests that they invited that didn't <laughs> show up. But what's amazing is all of a sudden you just start hearing like, boo, boo. And I'm like, who are they booing? Cut to the fire department shows up. This They're is the booing the time, fire department. This is the only time you will see firefighters booed in any capacity. And the firefighters are like, you know, this is illegal. You can't have this fire. Because also the firefighters are crooked in this movie. Of course. First crooked firefighters I've seen since Backdraft. And she goes, like, Summers even owns the fire department. And they're all getting booed and whatnot. And then this firefighter starts, like, trying to put out the bonfire with the truck hose. And the Australian guy, what is he? do here he, he just starts, starts fighting the fire he's just beating the shit out of the fire f- fireman you know america's it's, bravest not america's karateist that's for sure <laughs> it's so great like it's something that i never realized i wanted to see until i saw it was was firefighters being all suited up to fight a fire getting their asses handed to them i mean <laughs> it's hilarious to watch you I'm don't sorry. expect it you're, you're you're ready to fight flames and intangible elements and here comes this greased up Aussie with some <laughs> sweet karate kicks. You're not going to beat him. Conversely, if I'm watching a karate movie, I expect the people being karateed to be drug dealers, mm-hmm. have mullets, no. maybe a, like a scumbag like snakeskin suit on or something. Not yeah. a dude decked up in 100% fireman uniform, and it's just a hilarious juxtaposition. So it's kind of weird because we have our three, our team is being formed here, and uh, Aussie's got all the firemen. Uh, Dakota, our, our Native American friend, who we still kind of haven't met yet, he's still like on the fringes, and he's like kind mysteri- of a mysterious character. He's a he mysterious, mysterious guy. Character. Hey, speaking of mysterious, this actor, okay, this dude that played Dakota. You want to talk about how mysterious this guy is. Mortal Kombat 1, Reptile. Mortal Kombat no. 2, Sub-Zero. What the fuck? Yep. Figure that shit out. Wait, the movies? In the movies. In <laughs> okay. the first Mortal Kombat. <laughs> I thought he was playing. No, he game. did not. He wasn't the, uh, the artistic inspiration for <laughs> Sub-Zero. No, yeah. In Mortal Kombat Annihilation, he's Sub-Zero. But in the first one, he's Reptile. That's crazy. That's this dude, Dakota. He looks like you know a Native American and Justin by Long. By the way... In the game, that's how irreplaceable these. The, oh yeah, the, the guys with the the you know scorpion, sub zero, reptile, uh, rain, smoke. Right, they're all they're it's just noob cybot. Noob cybot <laughs> wins. He's irreplaceable. He is. 
he is just a, you know it's just a game changer the best part is the third Mortal Kombat so it's like when Smoke it, becomes a robot for no reason Smoke becomes a robot for some reason and Sub-Zero is revealed to be a scarred white man it's like no get the like with the greasy yeah. <laughs> like slick back hair like get the fuck out of here Sub-Zero was always Asian yeah that's so ridiculous that third game it's a bit is, of a it's a real jump the shark for the Mortal Kombat franchise introducing future classic characters like Striker, the <laughs> the, the, off, the off-duty cop that you think is an asshole. <laughs> he looked like a bike a, a bike messenger. He's like wearing I think like a he blue was, tank. He was supposed to be a member of a SWAT team. Yeah, was bullshit. what Striker was. Then there was the Storm ripoff. That woman Sindel, I believe. Yes. Sindel. It was just Storm Cyrex. Female, female Goro. Oh fuck, what was her name? Oh, I don't remember. She spit acid on you with her four huge boobs. Mm. She had two boobs. Oh, there was just Shiba? two boobs? Shiba, Shiba yeah, it yeah. was Shiba. Wow. Oh, let's see if we can name them all. <laughs> oh, man! Jax was back, and then he got his ar- with the uh, robot arms. That's the- that's an upgrade. I'll tell you that much. That was a pleasant surprise. Mortal Kombat 3. <laughs> uh, Cabal, the guy with the two hooks. Oh, that guy was pretty bad. Yeah. No, that dude sucked, and he had like shitty... like. Eyes that were not attached to a skull or and something. And he had predator dreads too. Baraka. Was Baraka back Baraka's, for that third one? No. Baraka's Mortal Kombat 2, man. Ooh. Yeah, that's unfortunate. I remember uh, when I first heard of that film, Baraka. Yeah. Which is a fantastic movie, like the day in the life of the planet. It's this gorgeous, like, you know, super trippy, uh, you know, high def documentary. I have it on Blu ray. It's great. Uh, but I remember when I, I first heard of it, I was like, Hey, Mom, they made a movie about the Baraka character in Mortal Kombat 2. No, that's a documentary, stupid. Uh, I just turned 30 about four weeks ago, and I still kind of think it's about Baraka. <laughs> like, I've not seen it, and I haven't been convinced otherwise that it's not about Baraka. Look, until I watch it and I don't see Baraka in it, there's a possibility that movie has Baraka in it. Hey, Mom, Deadpool's in this Wolverine movie, but he's just Baraka. <laughs> That was just a big fucking pile of piss for that movie, huh? <laughs> yeah, that's for Baraka, right? Yeah, he, he's, he's Baraka at the end of that movie. You know what's fantastic about, at the end of the day, what's fantastic about that X-Men Origins movie is the big stink about how it got leaked on the internet when, before it was finished, and everybody at Fox was like, oh, fuck! But then everyone who watched the leaked thing was like, Oh, this is just... I mean, I know the special effects aren't finished, but that's not going to save this. Like, they got so fucked because they knew... They weren't necessarily, like, that mad that the movie got leaked. They got mad because they knew it was dog shit. (laughs) It's like the the corporation in Halloween 3, like, the, the... the plan is revealed beforehand. Like, oh, no, they know. We're just trying to put poison out there with this Wolverine movie. So she wins this election, by the way. Well, no, this is the best thing. It's like they have this big... big, uh, Yeah, not without the trouble that she goes through. There is a 40-minute fight in this fucking... In this gymnasium. Because the Aussie's got this plan. He's like, look, I've got... I've got my football team, right? And I have them stationed at all the precincts. (laughs) So if Summers, who's got an army of drug dealers with machine guns, tries to do any trouble, 
there I do have these lackey kids just hanging out. These little sixteen year old kids from my little Utah high school football team. They'll take care of it. So <laughs> this guy's got this walkie talkie and this drug dealer's like, What's that for? And it's my favorite line in the whole fucking movie. He's got this walkie talkie, he's like, uh, I call home with that. Like, wait, <laughs> wait, what are you talking about right now? And then what ensues is it's a they live length fight scene here. Cause like the, the kids are like, we have to stay here till all the ballots are counted. Coach told us so. And, uh, they're like, hey, get the fuck out of here, kids. Like we, you know, we don't need you. And then like the dude hits this kid upside the face with the ballot box. And he's yeah. like, yeah, you can stay there. Just stay on the fucking ground. And so, like, word gets back to the coach right before that, like, hey, these dudes are trying to tamper with the box and everything. So China and this Australian guy show up at the gym and start fighting these two dudes. And I'm like, all right, well, they're going to take these guys out. They're nobody. They're just drug dealers. But out of nowhere, all of these bodybuilders start coming out of the woodwork to defend these drug dealers. And it's the longest fight ever. It goes into the weight room. One of these guys... It looks like he's like an, an overweight hobo or possibly Joe Pesci in with honors. <laughs> <laughs> the science is still out on that one. Does he have a sad death at the end of this movie like Joe Pesci in with honors? <laughs> and I'll I remember the karate you taught me. I'll remember. I consider a sad death to be karate beaten to death by an Australian. <laughs> Oh, that was a sad way Eric went out, huh? Karate <laughs> to death by that Australian guy. Speaking of uh, went out, that girl that... Uh, China O'Brien? No, the the one that uh, tried to expose her buttocks to that bar. Yep. Oh, right. The high school friend. Man, she, she's got a great one. She's got a classic little thing here. She pulls over China O'Brien to apologize. Yes. About, like, you know, being a terrible person. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I almost got you raped in that bar. <laughs> yeah, seriously, I wanted to take you down a peg. <laughs> and then someone, I guess, drives by and sees them, and she's like, "Oh, I got to get out of here!" Like, da 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 da. So she leaves, and then there's a bomb. Like, she gets a bomb threat on her car. Chen O'Brien gets yeah. a bomb threat on her car. So the she calls it in the bomb squad, and everyone comes there to investigate it. Mm-hmm. And they go out to her car, and they open up the trunk. And it's just that woman dead. It's a dead Uh, prostitute in her car. Eyes wide open. And the weird thing is, like, obviously you'd think this is Summers trying to frame her for the murder, but it just kind of goes away. Like It goes away. They have a brief thing where this the uh, (laughs) lizard-skinned acting sheriff is like, uh, you know, he's like, you listen, China (laughs) O'Brien. We found a dead prostitute in your car. Cobra! Yeah, and so like this he's town, the sheriff's office is now Cobra. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get these Joes. It's China O'Brien and the Joes. Come on, Destro. So what's great though is this dude is like, so listen. <laughs> You knew the victim, right? And she's like, yeah, so? Hmm, <laughs> very interesting. And she's like, why, why is that interesting? Well, because she's dead. 
And it's that's that's the extent <laughs> of the investigation. Like you should do the thing where you're like, D- I gotta call you Framer, in. Framer, yeah. yeah. Like fucking go the fucking extra <laughs> candidate mile. for sheriff arrested for murdering He's a pr- prostitute. <laughs> the problem is, yeah, Cobra never frames anyone. Like, yeah, just, exactly. it's like I'll just shoot at them and then run away. <laughs> That's their ammo. <laughs> That's it. Shoot red lasers so they can tell the difference between the good guys and the bad guys. <laughs> so yeah, I love that. I do love that thing where we need to get we buy our laser guns from two different stores. I've got the blue one because I'm the good guy. You're got the red one because you're the bad. You know Listen, where, you it's know where just that's, that's that's just the laws of GI Joe warfare. Okay? Not only that, that's the law. <laughs> the Geneva Convention. For exactly. The it was it, it was in the actual Geneva Convention, which is why it extends into Star Wars. <laughs> the lightsaber colors. Yep. Yeah. Red. Red means bad. Yeah. Now, that was another thing, by the way, not to just start wasting four days complaining about those prequels, but um, why was Mace Windu's purple? Because Sam Jackson is, you know, he played Shaft. That's so? why. It's no, because he's a badass. He wanted it. He requested it. The weird thing was there was like all this like theory for the last like fucking 30 years because no one's got anything else to do. Cancer still exists. But they were like, well... Blue is for like the best of uh, whatever. No, green is Jedi Master. G- yeah, green is Jedi Master. Blue, Blue is, is like Jedi so- Knight. And then red is bad guy. Sith. And then purple is because Sam Jackson wants it to be. Well, yep. that's just dumb. It is dumb. Here's what you do. You film your dumb little movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, Samuel. That's fine. We'll make a purple lightsaber for you. That's great. And then in pre-production, when he's already made the movie. Or post-production, yeah. excuse me. You're right. When he's already made the movie and has nothing to do with it, you make it whatever fucking color makes sense, dumbass. Don't just do it because this dude asked you to and you've never had a purple lightsaber ever in the history of your dumb franchise. Come on. Have some fucking integrity. Yeah, Fucking real... Shaft told me he wanted a purple lightsaber, so I did it. I'm fucking spineless. <laughs> <laughs> It is a bogus move, man. <laughs> so apparently Summers' big plan to rig this election was to send a bunch of fucking karate guys over to a fucking gymnasium. And when that fell through, so did the rigging of the election. She wins in a fucking landslide victory. One of my favorite fucking scenes in this entire movie is Summers is having his Summers Summit of all the scumbags in the town. It's the judge, and it's Lizard Face, (laughs) and some fucking fat guy. Oh, it's the dude that was getting arrested at the beginning of the movie. And three Herculoids. (laughs) And they're all there, right? And so the Summers is like, all right, listen, let's talk numbers. With all the crooked activity that's going on, I'm going to win this, right? And the judge is like, well, I've got some, I've got some people somewhere, and they're, yeah, <laughs> yeah, maybe. And I'm like, all right, that's not boating too well for Summers. <laughs> and then fucking Lizard Face is like, yes. I have several people, some who've moved out of town, and some who are voting from the graveyard. (laughs) And I'm like, oh my god, he's doing like a sideshow Bob, fucking voting the dead names, like, four summers. But but he's too stupid, so he's actually taking corpses to the the, (laughs) the polling place. He's weekend at burning them. Sorry, boss, it took too long to move these corpses. (laughs) 
Look at Financy here. She's got a bone to pick. <laughs> it just becomes the Crypt Keeper. That's now. a Crypt Keeper joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what's great is after all of this, he's saying like, you know, the people who have moved away from this town, I'm still going to use their names to vote for you, Summers. The dead are going to vote for you, Summers. Summers is like, oh, perfect. So can you guarantee I'm going to win this? And they all just look at their shoes like, uh, well, when you say guarantee, Summers, <laughs> what exactly do you mean by that? Well, I mean that it's a definite thing that I'm going to win this election. Oh, in that case. No. <laughs> and then it's just like, O'Brien wins in landslides. Well, Seed's father, who's dead. Well, the best part about it is he's like, well, we better think of plan B then. And plan B <laughs> consists of this. At China O'Brien's backyard, you know, uh, celebratory festival there. It's a real down-home, don't-you-know barbecue mm-hmm. celebrating this clean win. And, you know, so my plan of sending four henchmen to a gymnasium didn't necessarily work <laughs> out in, in, in rigging that election. So my next chess move is to send a guy with a machine gun <laughs> to shoot up this fucking, this hoedown. Yeah, God. Like, yeah, it's the election part of the victory party. Oh, my God. Like, it's... Why would you, at that point, just fucking kill China O'Brien anyway? Like, just go, send all you got with guns, not with karate fighting. Nope. With guns. Lots and fucking lots of guns. Good old-fashioned American guns and just go kill her. Nope. This dude sucks ass at using an Uzi, by the way. Lays waste to pickle jars, mayonnaise, things of ribs, a stack of napkins, some yeah. paper plates, a whole lot of three-liter things of soda, but well, hits one person. I thought you meant... I thought you... Wait, I thought the hit was for the barbecue. <laughs> you said hit the barbecue, right? Oh, at the barbecue? <laughs> I need a new assistant. <laughs> so this, what's great is like, I, and this is the question I have for you guys to see if you could figure it out. Because I was confused. Send Storm Shadow. <laughs> Thinking the, of NEG, I just the, I knew. The woman who's dead. Like, Chino Brian goes up to this woman. And she's got her fucking brain spattered all over the potato salad. She's like pissed and she's like, all right, that's it. We're going to the judge's house. Is that the stepmother? Yep. Oh, it sure is. Is it? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Which is amazing because she's like, huh, well, she's dead. All right, let's go to that judge's house. <laughs> Fucking no remorse whatsoever. No, it's great. I, I didn't even catch that. Yeah. It's like, listen, I didn't want you to remarry after mom died, but she did. And now she's dead. Uh, poor Carol. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> So we got to talk about Dakota a little bit. He's yes, he's our, we do. Our mysterious Native American that um, looks like Justin Long that people call Chief. It well, because that's what you know, you're gonna do in this town. And he rides a dirt bike, and he's great at it. And he can, you know, he can kick some ass too. He's missing like an arm, pretty much. Well, he's got like, an arm. Up. He's got the arm from the Commandant from Young Frankenstein, and it's just he has to like wind it up for some reason. It's like I don't know what is going. He tries to keep like this clamp over it, and I don't know if it's like it like hooks into his dirt bike so he can hold on. To oh, it that's right. So it's yeah. like a Lego hand that he made for himself. <laughs> yes, that's what's going precisely. on. Precisely. You think Lego is going to make a video game for Lego China O'Brien? I'd buy it. Those games are fun as shit. You could do Lego Perfect Strangers and I'd play it. Because why not? So they feed this... uh, Oh, I must call them Chief myself. They feed Dakota a bowl of soup and then he spills the beans about his his backstory. It's kind of like Kingpin. (laughs) Like he goes into the wrong town. Yeah, he was trying to be a... 
pretend a pretend Bible salesman or whatever. <laughs> Hustling a priest. He's like a championship motocross racer that's been like touring around and making money at races and stuff. And he goes to visit his mom at um, the Beaver Creek Inn because he's also from this town and she's a prostitute there. Much to uh, Dakota's chagrin. He didn't know what was going on. Nope. And, uh, she, you know, she notices him, takes away time from a client, a paying client. Yeah. That guy's pissed. Like, like she's like, oh, it's my son. And the guy, the, the, the John's like, oh, fucking great. <laughs> it's the manager of the Beaver Creek Inn. Well, no, then he comes by. And he's like, oh, uh, so you're keeping a, a, a fellow waiting here talking to this. This boy of yours here, you know, get back to it. And, like, Dakota's like, listen, fuck this. Like, you're a prostitute all of a sudden? I go away for two months and you're a prostitute? Like- and then, then she says, like, oh, well, I have I've press clippings from all your dirt bike races. Don't change the subject. You're a prostitute? <laughs> <laughs> but also, wait, they're, I guess they're printing dirt bike races in the newspapers. <laughs> no? I, I I guess if it's like the local town, it's like, local boy Dakota makes good on the dirt bike circuit. Also, this town is really against bring your son or daughter to work day. Every time somebody (laughs) tries to surprise their parent at work, it does not go over well. I think that's just a policy at the Beaver Creek Lodge, though, because that's where it happens both times. They're like, get the fuck out of here, kid. And for some reason, just because he's... And he's not even like, I'm going to fight all you guys, you know, fuck this. He's just not okay with his, he's a bit shocked because his mother's a prostitute. Yeah. He, he didn't know that. And they take him outside and kingpin him. Well, you know, part of that is because he's fussing with the Beaver Creek Inn's business. Yeah. Let's be realistic. The other reason is because he's half Native American. For sure. Okay. Yeah. These guys are just looking to do that to somebody. So you get a couple nice little, you know, nice real hard punches right in, this, in, the, in the guts, right? And then they throw him down on the ground, and then they just start stepping on his hand. This one dude lays a big old cowboy boot on this dude's hand, and you're like, oh, all right, so that's the origin of your Lego hand. Back to the movie. (laughs) (laughs) So his whole thing is he hates Summer's guts, and he's trying to find out what happened to his mother. She's never seen again, obviously. Yeah, she just vanished. You know, he... He presumes her to be dead, mm-hmm. so he's like, "I I hate Summer's guts. I want to fucking kill him. You know, you gotta you gotta let me do this." It's kind of like, uh, 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 uh trying to think of here. It's kind of like uh, Robin in Batman Forever just wants to kill Two Face, yeah. and you know Bruce Wayne's like, "Nah, you, you know, listen, yeah, cause we're gonna get Summers here. Don't worry." China about O'Brien, it. by the way, has given up ever using guns because she killed that kid. So she's like, "And plus, I'm really fucking good at karate, so who yeah. needs him? Don't need a gun." The one thing about this movie is so like, all right, my dad wants to go to the FBI and he gets killed. I should just go to the FBI the next day. Like yeah, the FBI yeah. comes in. Yep. Uh, yeah. Running for. This is the long way around to get back at Summers. You know what I mean? Like, Well, it's the way around that makes a movie. Well, sure. I don't want to watch a movie about some karate expert fucking, you know, ratting in on the cheese. Although, not for nothing, I would watch China O'Brien call, like, the FBI and the FBI, like, getting, like, this tactical team down there and just starts, like, taking out these scumbags. Just, like, (laughs) so then it just becomes, like, indiscriminate murder and arrests. And that's all I watch, you know? It's two hours of the FBI (laughs) just, like, you know, pistol whipping fat dudes. 
I'm sure that movie's out there somewhere. You know, if you know of a plot like that that will uh, appease Eric's bloodlust, we all hate movies at gmail.com. Let but, us know. You know what? Here, do not take it upon yourself to just start pistol whipping fat guys and filming it. That's not what we're looking for here. No, I don't. And you know why? Because it's probably just a bad movie that I don't want to oh, watch. You could send that to my personal email. <laughs> Chances are you're gonna you're gonna kidnap at least one of us. <laughs> Let's face it, you're the easiest to kidnap, Steve. <laughs> sure. So, so, so now the H is O. Like we're ready to wrap this movie up for one. So they go to the judge's house, and she's like, "All right, fuck this. You're on. You're on my payroll now. Like you're not working for for Summers anymore. I need you to do these warrants. I need you to deputize. You know, I need you to swear me in." The Australian guy's like, "Get your Bible!" <laughs> and like gives he gives this crooked judge this awesome shove. It's oh oh, it's so great. And that's when she deputizes her army of hunks, which I love. It's, it's so great. It's the football team. It's just all again putting this football team in. De- these are killers thieves and rapists and she's like you know what these 16 year old kids that can run a forward pass can <laughs> just, just get in the middle of this oh 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 oh! i was confused there. i thought you were describing the football team because <laughs> if i don't know if you've been reading the papers lately <laughs> yeah we don't, no don't worry we don't have to stick anonymous on these people <laughs> okay so they go they raid like this drug house in the most hilarious fashion ever they're like that's a drug house. And then she's like, all right, <laughs> knock it down. And this dude's like driving a steamroller into it. And all the drug dealers, like fucking rats on a sinking ship, are jumping out of this window. Oh, it's so awesome. Christian Bale from The Fighter jumps out the back. <laughs> <laughs> Jesse Pinkman rolls out a window. <laughs> so they, they take care of that. The drugs are done. They Michael go to this- Imperioli dies, though. <laughs> he's, just, he's too, too wasted on heroin. I'm sorry, T. Sorry, T. And he's sitting on a dog at the same time. That's a great and horrible scene in that show. Uh, So so then they're like, all right, drugs are done. What's next? Oh, the hookers. They go to this, like, gorgeous mansion. And the the football team is like, well, I can get used to this. They're, like, dragging, like, all these, you know, sexy ladies out of the house. (laughs) Mom? Oh, no! My dream's ruined! I totally forgot that any woman in this town gets instantly turned into a prostitute! (laughs) My sister? Well, that's all right. My grandmother? Oh, no, it's my sister! (laughs) Don't steal her eggs! (laughs) Oh, man, I bet uh, she's the cheapest, right? (laughs) Oh, Reptile Girl? No, you got to pay extra for Reptile Girl. (laughs) Who's paying extra for Reptile Girl? That's a coupon if I ever saw. Reptile Girl's a living, walking coupon. To be fair, I didn't realize there might be people who want to have sex with reptiles. And that's just totally normal. That's just another part about being human. I guess so. I guess so. (laughs) Fucking a snake? Sure. Sure, Eric. That's just another part about being human. (laughs) <laughs> you, you know, it's it's a great it's a great exploration being here. <laughs> Every day's a journey somewhere. Takes all kinds. So the coke's gone, the hookers are done. The only thing left is Summers and the fucking evil Beaver Creek Inn. This is another twenty minute battle scene, and it's great. <laughs> you want to oh, talk man. about kicking some fat guys? This <laughs> is 
this is also right out of Walking Tall because Dakota d- takes his dirt bike right through the window, much like the car oh, you're in right. Walking Tall, and he pins uh, the the scummy manager with the just like yes. Walking Tall, dude. You guys, how did no one call this? I mean, because I guess it's Walking Tall, and it was like 1970s, and no one cared. And like, I think China Brian came out, and no one cared, and no one saw it. <laughs> also true. Oh, D- Kenneth Branagh didn't, that's for sure. Oh, well, you know what? He should have, because there's something missing about Thor, and I think I know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, Dakota drives his, his BMX racer through this window, pins this dude to the fucking wall and he's got like his automatic weapon like stuck to him and whatever meanwhile the australian fella and china o'brien are just kicking some fat guy ass There's all over the place some great moments here you got a genuine nice nuts kick oh, yeah it's a right in the nerds and you man. get a nice close-up of this guy going <laughs> and then china o'brien like closes some dude's head in the fridge which That's- is a karate move i didn't know about <laughs> that's crazy i remember watching i watched this this morning and when that happened, I was like, that poor stuntman had no idea she was going to do that to him. That sucks. Bleeding from the ears. Because it's a real slam. Like, that's... This movie clearly did not have the money for a fake refrigerator door. Like, oh. that dude's just getting his head slammed into that poor guy. And another great action moment I've written down here is there's a dude that, like, doesn't know how to f- combat these super soldiers that are storming this compound. And there's, like, this this water cooler. He grabs the water cooler and tries to, like, smash them with this glass jug of water. <laughs> Again, there's not a gun in this entire... Like, these are bad dudes. Is there one gun in the whole fucking town? Well, the one gun is pinned underneath this BMX bike. So Dakota picks up his BMX bike. Like, this dude's, like, pinned under there and whatever. He picks it up and drives off because Summers... Like, he believes Summers is the guy that, you know, killed his mother and everything like that. So he's off for his own revenge. So he drives to, like, the horse stable. We don't see him for a little bit. This fight, they finish it's up raging this fight. On. Yeah. It just keeps going. They're like, oh, Dakota, duh. Uh, anyway, back to this fight. More water jugs that go to duck. <laughs> what happens to Reptile Man in this scene? Anything? Is, he doesn't really have I a, think he goes back to his home planet. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember yeah, what I don't, happens I mean, like, to him. It's just kind of, he, he should have a, he's very responsible for her father's death. He should have a really Slithers cool. under a rock. <laughs> Well, he is very much like the number two in Kill Crazy, right? Yeah. Like, he's got to have a, the best death. A Kill Crazy kind of death, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? We don't really get it. I believe, actually, he's legitimately arrested. Oh, yeah. Okay. I don't think right. he's, he's he's murdered. They line him up at the end. So, yeah. so Dakota's after Summers, and it's just like, it's just like, you know, that tense. He's going to murder him, but then he's like... He would, what how he gets like talked down? Well, they think that he's going to kill him. And, right. you know, China O'Brien's like so anti gun and all this stuff. They run after him, like, you know, Dakota, don't do this. They get to the horse stable. There's Dakota holding the gun. Yeah. And they're like, Dakota, what did you do? And they run up to the stable, and there is Summers just sitting there. You know, he's this dude beat the shit out of him, yeah. but he didn't take his life. Like, Dakota's better than Summers. Like, Summers is sitting here watching his empire crumble around oh, him. Oh, yeah. You know, an empire built on nothing but fucking, you know, murder and treachery and, and blood moonshine. And moonshine. A lot of moonshine, some fucking, and you know, coke. What we used to call white slavery. <laughs> <laughs> hey, not my term. Don't make that face at me. <laughs> 
So he's not dead, and they they're taking him in. Like, all right, Summers, you're coming into the the long soothing bosom of justice. And then Summers is assassinated by that sex slave that nobody's thought about in 45 minutes. <laughs> it's amazing. It's I just, love it so much. She gets he she she finally gets the last word on she, Summers. Yeah, she just gets a gun from inside the house and blows him away. Because they're walking him, and it's like Australian guy, China O'Brien, Dakota. They're all like the day is saved, and they have Summers. All of a sudden, a shot rings out, and Summers goes flying, and you're like, "Well, who's left?" And they cut to. The shot of this window, and there is this woman, you know, bloodied and bruised and whatnot, and she's holding this rifle, and I'm like, oh, <laughs> yeah, you you were in this movie, huh? Well, that's revenge for you. And this woman I, doesn't have a, a single line, by the way. No, no, not at all. And I just remembered there is that one throwaway scene in Walking Tall where he he saves a sex slave. Oh my God! You're right. He storms down the motel door. Yeah, it's like a nothing scene. It's just it's just an excuse to have Joe Don Baker near a scantily clad woman. That's in his contract. So. And, and and the character's motivation is screaming, not because she's necessarily standing next to Joe Don Baker. <laughs> necessarily. So then it's like you know all the football players return their badges. Like, oh, that was fun. <laughs> Maybe I'll grow up to be a law enforcer like you, Miss O'Brien. You know. Can I, I learn karate from you? <laughs> well, only if you could follow the rules and not challenge me to an alley fight. Yeah, and I don't feel like telling you why. <laughs> so then it's like, uh, it's it's Dakota, the Australian fella, and China O'Brien. They're all sitting around. And, you know, China's like, we did it, Dad. Summers is set. You know, he's dead. And I didn't technically have anything to <laughs> do with kill it. Him, but, but the point I'm is. okay with it. That woman's not getting any charges against her. Oh, yeah. She's definitely not going to have any charges put yeah. against her. They're like, you know what? Just run away. It's fine. <laughs> you can run off into the woods. It's, fine. it's fine. And Dakota's like, all right, well, I'm out of here. And they're like, no, like, you'd make a pretty good lawman. And the mm -hmm. fucking last line of this movie. Let's all go discuss it over a beer. Rock music instantly. Oh my god, greatest way to end a movie ever. <laughs> Let's go have an ice cold beer. China <laughs> O'Brien. Then they will all be seen again in China O'Brien 2, which no one will ever see. Which was shot at the same time as this movie. Shot back to back. That's how much they bet on China. Well, maybe that's why Reptile Face shaved his mustache, because in the second movie, he shaves it. <laughs> maybe. Maybe that's the opening scene is like him. He shaves his mustache, and then he uses the razor to somehow break out of jail. <laughs> but I've read the plot description about uh, China O'Brien, too, and it's something about, like, a world crime syndicate. Now we're talking. It, it sounds very vague drug trade. Yeah. So it sounds really good. And total like sequel up in the stakes too. Like yeah. you go from small town walking tall to global drug syndicate or whatever. Oh, well, that's what C Cobra did, right? That is true. They stepped up their game and cloned the president. <laughs> Jonathan Price is the president. Oh, I didn't see that movie. Damn oh, man. it. You know what? It's better than the first one, which I know I isn't saying get through much. The first one. Everyone in this room turned the first movie yep, off. That's it's, fantastic it's, news. It's awful. Yeah. But you know what? We watched all of this movie, and who is recommending China O'Brien? I am. Uh, it's a lot of fun. It's just like super bad 80s action. You, even though it's the 90s, it's 1990. It's barely a 90s movie. Yeah. Uh, it's fantastic. I like bad karate movies, and it looks like she made a lot of them. And she is still making them, yeah. To save all, all the tweets 
we know Undefeatable exists and we'll watch it. Yeah, everyone in this room is aware We're of excited. Undefeatable. That the famous fight scene from Undefeatable is fantastic. I cannot wait to watch that movie. I mean, she she has a huge body of work. Uh and like I said she's still making movies now and I'm totally recommending this movie. I, it's, it's it's clear, right? We're all recommending uh, this. Yes, I'm I will recommend this movie. This is it's great. <laughs> it's it's fun. It's dumb. You know, what what else do you need? It's a great time. It was crazy to be like, well, I'm finally watching this movie I talked about once in 2010. Like it, <laughs> I, I feel like this this Stay Tuned Month has been very beneficial for stuff like that. Yeah, solid action movie. You know, it's it's crazy stupid, and it's, you know, her fighting mountain people, but, like, totally enjoyable. Solid karate fighting. Aside from, you know, the slowed-down choreography for when you're fighting some of those heftier stuntmen. Yeah. It's totally, totally worthwhile. Yeah, and you know what? This is prime for a reboot. This big budget. Action. Who's playing China O'Brien in a China O'Brien reboot? Well, it would be like some younger actress, but then Rothrock would play like her mother teaching. It's, it's like right. that first uh, 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 Antonio Banderas Zorro picture yep. where Anthony Hopkins is supposed to be original Zorro or something. <laughs> <laughs> or something, all right. <laughs> All right, I will say this. Cynthia Rothrock needs to be in an Expendables movie of some kind. Absolutely. Yes. And we haven't done an internet campaign in a while. The Domino's thing, I, w- I think, went over okay. I guarantee you that President cried a little bit. <laughs> the Domino's president. He's doing it anyway. Like He's just got <laughs> a lot to cry about. But here we go. Tweet at Sly Stallone. It is at the Sly Stallone. That's his Twitter handle. Hashtag Rothrock in Expendables. Honestly, do not let up. Make him aware, you know? Make him... There's no escape plan out of this. <laughs> why, why do they want me to make a Flintstones movie? I don't understand it. Um, actually, that's not a bad idea. Maybe I could do... Hey, 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 Arnold, check this out. Ready? Yabba dabba do. I, I would love. That's, All right, now also hashtag slice the load, Fred Flintstone. <laughs> <laughs> also, if they adapt it in our style and add Cobra, he could finally work with Bruce Willis again. <laughs> that's, oh, that's never happening. <laughs> he's a gr- greedy, greedy, greedy man. Yeah, I mean, uh, greedy man. seriously, there's a hundred billion dollars on the table, and you can't open all those Planet Hollywoods by yourself. <laughs> And that is China O'Brien from 1990, directed by Robert Klaus. If you want to get a hold of us, check out our website, whmpodcast.com. The back catalog's there. More information about the program is also there. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. We are at whmpodcast. Right into the mailbag, weallhatemovies at gmail.com. Subscribe in iTunes. Rate and review there. It really helps get the word out about the show. Like we said last week, even if you don't get the show via iTunes. Go to iTunes, rate and review anyway. Helps us out. We'd appreciate it. Yeah, you gotta do it. <laughs> yeah, Eric said so. There it is. Because Siska said so. Check us out on Stitcher Radio. If you use that app, you can stream the most recent five episodes of the show on the go. Blame It on Outer Space is back in action. There's a new episode up on Bigfoot. What do you got next? What is what is coming up next on Blame It on Outer Space? Uh, chemtrails. Chemtrails? Now, that is when um, the government makes uh, aviators spray chemicals on the human population. You will get to it on the show. I don't want to. That's just a little hint. 
BlameItOnOuterspace.com. They're on iTunes and Stitcher. Facebook.com slash BlameItOnOuterspace. Yeah, you got to do it. You got to do it. <laughs> at BlamesFacePod on Twitter. So we've been given hints all week as to what we're doing. Steve, this is, uh, this is one I'm going to throw over to you. Hint for what we're doing for next week. Stay tuned. I'm only going to do this because the man's in a million movies and it's going to be impossible. Very difficult to track down. Dermot Mulrooney. Wow, there you go. Dermot Mulrooney is uh, the, the clue for next week's episode. <laughs> yeah, it's impossible, <laughs> it's so just wait till next clue week. Clue for a clue. It's a <laughs> riddle wrapped inside of Enigma. That's how Steve rolls. He's a man of mystery. Until next week, I'm Andrew Jupin. Eric Siska. Steven Sadak. Take it easy. You gotta do it. Do it.